welcome. Thank you. It's very weird because my hair is parted in the opposite direction on there than it is on here. J. Cole. It's fine. So J. Cole left the chat. And no name. Last week. No well, no, this week is all about uh, Motherland Drip. That's all on me and on all of you. I bestow the Motherland Drip onto all of you. Um, I'm going to drink this water and then we're going to actually start the show. There you go. Sipping it on a little Langen Camp summer shandy. I feel bad. Should I should I go get a drink? Uh, I don't know. How you feeling? After today, I need a drink. So I got body goals. I'm gonna show and drink this water. Well, shit. In that case, I need to chill. Mm-mm. Quarantine weights. But you already got a whole person that said that they was going to stay with you till you die. And you have babies. Yep. Yeah, hopefully. I, on the actually, other hand. Actually, today says she said she was leaving. So, And the fact that you're telling us this makes it clear that she didn't mean that shit. You know she, <laughs> nah, then she brought me a lot shit, Or if you thought there was even a possibility that she meant that shit. We either A, would not be doing the show right now, or B, you would have never said this shit. So I get it. It's, a fact. it's cute. Y'all can joke like that. That's lovely. Um, yeah. So this morning I was walking my dog and this girl ran past me and I looked at her as she was running away and I was like, yeah, I don't want to be fat anymore. I think I want that body. So kudos to the random girl who complimented my dog and shitted on my whole entire physical life. I just feel sad that I was on a good path until the quarantine hit. And now I'm back to complete dad bods. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Also, the kids said that dad bods are in now, so. I'm going to live. No? You said you want to live? I said I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. On the bad, on the bad, on the, on the bad bod. On the dad bod. Hi. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hello, cool cats and kittens out there in radio land. Hey, y'all. <laughs> um, this is the Chopping Block Podcast. I'm having this really weird thing where I'm trying to see what I look like on Instagram, but also trying to stay right here. And I feel like there's a lot of glare. Anyway, um, the Chopping Block Podcast is the audio iteration of two of the most popular features on the iStandard Producers website, which are the Chopping Block, our track-by-track album review journey that we um, do in our hearts lately. We've been doing them in our hearts. July is a whole new month. Uh, it's kind enough to start on a Thursday, which is the day that we air this show. Nice. Uh, so, you know... I feel like new things are going to happen in July. I feel like the whole first six months of this year was just a trial run. None of this shit don't count. Except it for sounds good. We can say that every month. Whoever until you it, knocked off. We can say that every month until it's true, hopefully. Yeah, we can. So I'm going to say that now. That first six months was a whole. Y'all said it about January, then February, then March. I'm just going to say July is really where we're starting. Okay? Okay. And, uh, huh? I took a mulligan on the whole year, so just in case. If it comes back, I'm good with it. But if not, 2021. 
2021. And that's why next year is called what it's called. They tried to tell us. We should have already known. Next year is already called 2021. So there you go. You don't even need to try anymore, kids. Um, the other feature on the site that we incorporate into this here uh, little program of ours is the credit check, which is the most comprehensive listing of album credits that you will find on these here Instawebs, uh, courtesy of my partner in podcasting crime, Scissorp, and his uh, band of merry interneters, which is really just, uh, Michelangelo and Young Darren. Shout to those guys. Hey, Young Darren is now an AT alien. Wait, what? How am I finding this out from you? Oh, Darren about to get fucked up. I'm about to pull up on Darren. I'm gonna shut down going outside, but before I shut down going outside, I'm pulling up on Darren. And he's on the and he's on and he's uh, not too far. He's on the south side. Word. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to call this man on little, little East Point action. right now. Mm-hmm. The nerve. The nerve. Oh, I feel a way. Mm. Oh, I feel all types of ways. Anyway. Cardiac in the building. What's up, bro? What up, Cardiac? Uh, but yeah, so that says I'm Ty. Uh, St. Boogie, what they call me in the hood. And by the hood, I mean the internet. Because the hood, the actual hood where I live, they don't know my name over here. <laughs> <laughs> You shawty with the dog? Something. I think shawty got paid for something. I don't know. She always be at the crew. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Shawty be at the crew. Anyway, uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting week. There've all been interesting weeks. Yep. Yeah, we find ourselves once again back to a point where I really don't remember the last seven days, but here we are. They all run together. They all run together. Outside is back open to the detriment of all the states that said outside was back open. We told you so. I've had no less than three anxiety attacks about being in public places. Yeah, yeah. Because I was invited to. So I went to the pool for Juneteenth. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, After I booked my little pool pass, there's a company called, uh, damn, what is it called? Spa pass? I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, But essentially what they're doing, which is really, really brilliant, is these hotels have figured out right now they need to get all the money that they can get. And so there are select hotels in select cities where you can get a day pass to go use their pool. What? So that's why I've been seeing so many people working poolside. That is pretty genius. Yeah. So that's what I did. Um, I went to the pool. Um, I'm going to tell y'all where because I'm not going back there. So, you know, I can blow up the spot now. Um, it was the Omni Hotel at Battery Park. And their pool actually overlooks um, the stadium where wow. the Braves play. Yeah. It's pretty oh, cool. Oh, see, I, I haven't been over there yet. Yeah. So that was pretty neat to me. The way the hotel, the hotel faces the park to where if you were staying there during regular baseball season, which is about to start back over, you could actually watch a game from your room. Nice. Or from the deck. So, you know, so you get the little day pass or whatever. They give you discounts on drinks. And um, you get to hang out for the duration of the time the pool is open. So for, well, not the duration, but from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. if you wanted to. And I booked it. And then I looked at the reviews and people were complaining about it being crowded. And I was like, ah, shit. Mm, what? See, that's no fun. 
But when we got there, it wasn't crowded at all. Right. When we got there, we were, it was me and two of my girlfriends. And then there were like three other groups of like three to four people. Very far apart. You know, the water is probably the safest place in that scenario because it's heavily chlorinated. So you're good there. Uh, the bar was practicing social distancing as well. You know, contactless ordering, da, 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 no, no menus. Um, so I did that and I was okay. And then I was invited to a Juneteenth celebration. And when I pulled up, the parking lot outside looked like one music fest. And I turned around and I went home. I don't, I don't get it. What, what's wrong with people? People are tired of being inside, I guess. Like, I'm trying not to be judgy. I'm trying to, I'm really trying to understand because the same person that invited me to that, then I didn't go. And then I tried to go by Pond City Market and there was something going on, some kind of social justice rally going on at Paris on Ponds. So there was a bunch of people outside there. Then clearly after, you know, all of that shit, I had to go to a smoke shop. So I go to the smoke shop across the street from Boogaloo and it's people going into Boogaloo. And I'm like, oh no, y'all are really back outside, like clubbing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I'm embarrassed because if you guys don't know, as you can see from my background, I'm from Philly, right? So every year, well, not every year, but I don't know when it started, but they do this Philly versus Atlanta thing. So, oh, so that was a real thing. So all these people from Philly, a lot of them was from Chester. We don't really claim them, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> all these people from the Philly area flew down. They on a plane, taking pictures, and don't none of these niggas got masks on. No, and they're singing. None of them. They're rapping. And, they, and they're having a whole party. Mm-hmm. Now, I know they wasn't on Southwest because Southwest requires you to have a mask and the middle seat. They open. were on spirits. They was on either Spirit or American Airlines don't, probably don't care either. I've, I haven't even checked. Today was the first day that I checked to make sure that my preferred airline is on top of things, and they are. So I might even see them later because they got $39 tickets. But I was so embarrassed. Because I go on live, one of the rappers, uh, a young lady who raps out of the city, who I think is pretty fire, was down here um, acting like it was regular, like outside was back open. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, yo, it's not open. And y'all coming from up there where y'all had the rate and it's starting to chill. And y'all coming down to here where it's starting to go up. So you're going to go back home and take it back. Come on, man. Listen, the European Union has already said that um, they, they are not us. letting us come in. Nope. They but don't y'all, because I have a, a foreign passport <laughs> that I can use. <laughs> nah, but for real, I'm not going to be able to go either because a lot of the, a lot of these places are putting their restriction, restrictions based on what airport you're flying in from. So from what right. I understand, Mexico is one of those places. Like, There's a lot of countries right now that are that have different restrictions. No, I'm sorry, Jamaica. Jamaica requires now for people coming to visit from certain places to quarantine in their rooms for two for two days. Yeah. I think it's two to oh, four, shit. depending on where you're flying in from. You know, if you go to Delaware, they want you to quarantine for 14 days before you come outside if you're coming from another state. Right. So, yeah. So that happened, and I freaked out about it. And then... Um, I went to the beach and it was a little less of a freak out situation. 
for me just because it's a whole ass beach. And so there's plenty of room to distance. But I still wanted my six feet in the water. Unless you're in Miami. Well, no, I was definitely not in Miami. (laughs) Uh, And then, um, yeah, I just got invited to a birthday party. And I'm really trying to figure out the nice way to tell this person that, like, fam, not only do I not want to come, but let me celebrate with you before you go do all these outside things that you're doing for your birthday. You know, my daughter's birthday is tomorrow and I'm sick because I almost I never miss her birthday. Never, ever. She's in Jersey. Never miss her birthday ever. You know, I'm usually on the road. So like I would have I would have been I've already hung out with her this year. You know, we went ice skating earlier this year. Um, But no. And, and that's for everybody's benefit. Right. You know like ain't nobody tripping. She's not tripping. I'm, you know, it's unfortunate. I'm upset about it. But. I'm not risking her life, her, you know, the people in her household's life, her grandparents. I'm not risking people in my house. Like, it's not right. worth it. And, and these people are doing it just so they could get outside and put on their little outfits. Like, I'm, I'm judging. If you are watching this, I am. I put it on my Facebook post. I'm judging. I'm judging all y'all niggas. I'm, listen, I don't care. I don't care about being a bad guy. I don't care about shaming people or being old or whatever y'all want to say. Y'all some damn idiots. COVID-19 ain't go nowhere. Y'all out here acting like it did. I don't mind people getting outside, but act like you care. Right. Like be Y'all careful. going outside and acting like it's... it's, it's like it's gone. You know, like it's last year or like it just poof went like away. Like it just poofed and went away. And that's what they want y'all to do. So y'all could die off. Like, they don't care. They opened up so they can get money. That's why they about to close back. So they y'all don't realize it. They're about, we're about to go back to worse restrictions than we had before yeah. because we're going to have to. We're going to have to. And it, because it's going to also start to affect foreign trade. It's gonna, right. Once it starts to affect other money, because if they don't trust us, if they don't trust our people, they sure as hell don't trust the things that we're manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Uh, so, Yeah. And I told people that, like, I was more nervous about it opening back up than I was about the initial anything. Like, this is more scary to me than anything else. Right. No, definitely. And we knew it was coming. It actually even, it it came earlier than we expected. We thought that this would happen in the fall, but we couldn't even get to the summer. We can't even get through the summer. What's today? June? Tomorrow's the first day of summer. No, last last Friday was, or last Saturday was, the 21st. I thought it was twenty four. Yeah, we we you know we we just yeah, got it. just got the summer, just got the summer. Anyway, my my backyard is open, sis, and I trust you, so you can I, I don't bring a beer. Huh? I bring a beer. I will bring some masks. I got gloves. I got all kind of. I mean, and it's houses. also a pretty big yard, so we can safely sit apart from each other. Why not? You know, and welcome Darren to yeah. the city. Listen, who didn't Mike, feel the need to tell me that he was here? I feel away. Mikey pulled up on me in, at the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? And, and we socially distanced and said, what up? You know, right. he, was, he was where he was at. I was where I was at. You know, I've been to the studio um, with the mask on, not touching nobody. You know what I'm saying? Right, with the gloves exactly. on and all that stuff. Only one room in the studio is open, you know, because we we trying to keep people safe. I mean, you hmm. got to care. That's it. All you got to do is care. That's it. That's it. Just care. About and, and, other people. Right. And, and, you know, and I feel like... I don't know. I feel like I don't know if it's that people are just that trusting of other people or if people are just what I've also noticed on the Internet if in the last 
24 hours or so is all of a sudden you have this whole bunch of messages popping up about how masks are not safe. Allegedly coming from medical professionals who wear masks at work. Shut the fuck up. So, you know, it's crazy, right? The mask conversation. At first they were like, oh, you don't need to wear masks. Now you turn on the TV and it's like, masks are going to save lives. I think I had the uh, the mayor of, of Dallas talking about how masks shouldn't be a political issue, which they shouldn't. You know, like, I just need y'all to figure out what the hell y'all message is. And that's the problem with our country. That's the problem with the United States. We do not have strong leadership and we do not have a themed message. That's why all these other countries went through what they went through. And then the people went in the lockdown mode and now they're coming back out and they're doing better than us. We have... Listen, Spain shut it down. Like kids Italy, go Spain. outside in their yards to play. Spain was like, no. Italy, even though they had some people that were pushing back, Italy was like, no. Mad countries were on some like, listen, your last name starts with an S. You can go outside on Tuesdays and Saturdays. That is it. Don't ask me no fucking questions about a Wednesday or a Monday because that's not your day. Like, it, like somebody said earlier, we've seen other countries get through this. It's not like we're trying to reinvent the wheel. But we're hard-headed. But we're we're hard-headed. Americans. We overvalue freedom. We overvalue individualism over the collective. That's just our brand. We are way on brand. We make everything about us. No matter who it is, you find a way to make it about you and not about the bigger group. And that's why, you know, we got a lot got a lot more to go through before we get out of this. And you know, it's not front, even like us. I'll be honest, I ran into Target the other day and was 15 steps into the store before I realized my mask was in the car. And at that point, the only exit requires me to walk all the way around the store, in which case, shit, let me just grab what I have and get the fuck up out of here. Right. Um, And I exercise outside. And honestly, you know, it's 85 degrees outside. Like, nobody really wants to be outside with a mask on. So I kind of get it. But then at the same time, like, these are, like, we're talking about me going into a store to get food for my dog and me going outside to exercise. We're not talking about going to a bar or a hookah, a hookah lounge. Hookah lounges are open. Right. See, see, we have the luxury of living in the South. See, you, you saw these people laughing at New York and Jersey and Philadelphia and all these places where they had trouble. Well, they had trouble because of density, obviously, because there's more people right. per square foot than it is down here. We got space. So we're willingly going into these spaces and cramping up now. Like I can go outside and I got room. I got space. You know, my neighbors, they doing what they doing. Most times they're in their house. I'm in my house anyway, quarantine or not. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It's rarely ever that I'm in a position where I'm crowded up. I would have to actually go somewhere to decide to be crowded up. That's the good thing about living in the South. But you see states like Texas, Florida, all these places where we have space because people want to get back to these bars and, you know, that shit's cool, bro, until you die. So. Hey, maybe it's worth it to some people. I don't know. Um. All right. So, of course, in the midst of all of this, we're still, you know, fighting for uh, social justice and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, we had talked, we've talked, we've heard other people talk about who is going to hold the music industry accountable 
um, for a, the demands that we, huh? We got another group this week. Is it another group? It's not the same group from last week. Who was the group from last week? The group from last week were um, some marketing people from Atlantic, and then we had the, the show must be paused people, right? And then okay. we have we have another group of, I believe, just random industry people like D. Dot Omen and other folks who have another thing going on. Um, and then now you got this. Hmm. I didn't know about the thing that D. Dot Omen and them are doing. Did we not learn our lesson from just that day of boycott that we were trying to do that we couldn't execute because it was too many? No? Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, there is now a Black Music Action Coalition, which uh, on its board of directors are Clarence Avant and Quincy Jones. So that sounds like the money team to me. I mean, kind of. But I mean, listen, all, all respect to those brothers for the things that they've accomplished. But they old and they got shit going on. Like, yeah, no, they're not. They're not like in the group. They're part of the advisory board. But that's what I'm talking about. Like it's it's an attempt to one up the last group. Like it's weird. Like why are we so fragmented? Why can't we just all figure out a way to find all the different subsections of Black folks in music and invite everybody to the table? Because we're all too busy trying to be exclusive. Trying to be exclusive. Trying to be the the man or the woman or yo, I got it. Don't worry about it. Oh, well, this particular group is working in conjunction with the show must be paused. And what they're aiming to do is not just to um, tackle issues of injustice within the music business, but they're also hoping to extend that to the world at large. Um, and so they want to have a meeting with the CEOs of all the major labels their senior management and whoever they've put in charge of um, like inclusivity or whatever and work together to create a plan. Why? Um, Why? Huh? I'm, I'm not usually one for separatism, but you got all these folks with all this power, all mm-hmm. this quote unquote power, and they want to sit at somebody else's table. I don't understand. Well, no, because I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a seat at somebody else's table so much as it is what Shaw Money, what was it Shaw Money or was it um, No Idea who said it on that panel the other day? Like, oh, they were preaching. Now they were spitting, but they were preaching. But one of the things that they said is, why should we walk away from this business? Well, that's what one of them said. Dion was like, nah, we need to get our own stuff. Right. But in the meantime, there are a bunch of artists who are on these labels, right? These labels have a certain ability to hire people to create certain opportunities that maybe, you know, yeah, no ID can do, but no ID by himself, you know, launching an entity, it's going to take a while for him to have the hiring power that a universal has. So I don't really, I don't believe it. Okay. I, I believe that was the case at some point, but these record labels ain't built like that no more. You don't believe that the labels have that kind of power anymore? They don't. Okay. If we look but, at I mean, all, people are employed there. People get checks. I've gotten a couple of labor checks in the yeah, last Oh, yeah. People get checks, months. but, but that, that's the difference between creating our own economy and the success of the artists. Because the artists don't need these labels. That's already okay. been proven. Most of these artists that are, that, are, that are on right now have built themselves independently. And then, and then the labels came in. 
So okay. if you got all these high-ranking executives and people that know the game and people that have already succeeded in making money, we could make our own seat. We can make our own table. But instead, we want to crawl back to the record industry. Hey, y'all, treat us good. It's not Hollywood. It's Hollywood is a different thing, right? Hollywood is all these labels and networks and, and things that are established. We got four record labels that matter. And that's it. And what they do mostly is outsource to distributors and things like that. They don't do marketing for artists anymore. They don't do any of the things that make an artist who they are. So what are you really going to them for? They won't even I mess get, with you. I get what you're saying, but I still feel like, you know, there is a certain economy within that structure. There are still, you and I both know, people, artists, uh, oh, producers, yeah. like, marketing people, PR people, um, whatever, that there are still people who are functioning within that system and who are employed by that system. And, yep. you know, some people are not, everybody's not meant to be an independent. Some people need that structure or that older system. And, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, I think it's a little, I think it's a little late. I think it's coming a little late. I think it's very interesting that the same people who have just spent the last five to 10 years acting like the label job was a holy grail are now all of a sudden saying, hey, you know what? These are not good jobs and these people are not good people. But um, I don't feel like all of us should just divest from the music industry. No, but the, the reason why regular folks who work nine to fives in the music business can't is because they don't have anywhere to go. And that's fine. I, I completely understand them staying put and doing what they can but we're talking about these people who are powerful, who have been there, who've uh, gotten to these positions and built things. And you got the Stephen Victors and all this of the world who can donate millions of dollars to things and all that stuff and pull shit out their ass. Why aren't you guys leading the charge to start a label that doesn't do what these people do? What's the point of complaining about what somebody else could do? Make your own shit. And do I better. Be like, be the change. Don't, you know, and you can still, I'm all for collaboration, for still working with record labels. Everybody's got a purpose, but build your own thing. We don't have to keep crawling and begging for them to treat us good. Like, come on, y'all, treat us good, treat us good. And that's the thing, like, we get victimized because we don't have the true power and we don't seek to obtain it. We just want to sit up under somebody. And that's not going to make us who we need to be. So if you're just an A&R, I get it. That's all you know. That's what you do if you work in publishing or if you're, you know, you're getting a check, whatever. I'm cool with getting money with folks. You know, I'm not trying to destroy economies. But what I'm saying is they're not doing that much. They're not out here like they, they screwed us over anyway as, as creatives. So we really should be looking for alternatives. And it's not enough people looking for alternatives. I like what No ID said. That's the type of time we need to be on. That's the type of shit that we need to be working towards, not trying to figure out how much the labels can give us. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, in any case, this this group of people is here. And uh, they said that they want the industry to have a uh, plan within 30 days. They said it. They wrote their open letter. They got a bunch of artists to sign it, including Billie Eilish, Cardi, Lady Gaga, Post Malone, uh, Rosalia, <laughs> Diddy, Mary J. Blige. So they have a wide variety of very comfortable people who support their cause. 
Um, and you can read that open letter at uh, Black Music Action. No, it's BMA coalition.org bma coalition.org if you want to read their open letter to the music business so live nation made this announcement that they are launching a drive-in concert series in july um nice, nice. <laughs> and i feel like i maybe i was reading too much into it but i kind of felt like they were saying this shit like they pioneered some shit but you know street execs has been doing parking lot concerts they're about to do their fourth one this weekend with Pee Wee Longway. Last week they had Young Dro. Right. The week before that they had um, Travis Porter. He's a blueprint. And in the week before that they had um, Schooly. Schooly sold out the thing. I don't t- You said you knew about it. Remember we talked about it and I was saying that I didn't know it was happening until it happened. Um, I don't like from the photos of the Travis Porter joint that it doesn't seem like people are staying in their cars. And that's the thing, like, if you're gonna organize something like that, you gotta you gotta set the ground rules. Right. You know, I've been I've been thinking and be about be able to enforce them. I've been thinking about, you know, events in my livelihood. And I've been thinking about the safest and best way to conduct an event. And I don't know when it's gonna be or you know, when we're gonna be able to do a camp or a retreat or anything like that. But when I do, oh best believe it's gonna be rules and regulations and enforcement of the rules and regulations because we ain't playing. And, and, you know, that's the thing. Like, a lot of these folks don't realize they're going to start getting sued. They're going to start I getting sued. I think people are skating on the fact that it's so hard to pinpoint exactly when you got sick that it would be uh, very difficult. You know, you know, you know a lawyer, man. I mean, look at, look at, look at uh, idiot Trump. He had people signing, signing things when they got their tickets. So they would be absolved of the of the liability, right? But they know oh, somebody's going to start eating those cases up if people mm-hmm. call. They say oh, I could call coronavirus at your spot. Well, I was in because they can say I was in there and I was doing what I was supposed to do. But you're you know the other people you you didn't enforce them doing it. So now I'm sick. And you know Atlanta, we've talked many times about the fact that Atlanta can't understand the concept of capacity. Oh yeah, they could they couldn't understand <laughs> that beforehand. I mean, shoot. I'm surprised I don't have coronavirus. I went to that event at the Trap Museum um, for uh, I went for an album release, and man, that when thing was this? that thing was jam packed. Uh, February, March, like right before we went down. Yeah, I think we were okay then. It was like out there, out there <laughs> like that. <laughs> Just yet. But anyway, black black folks that I had Corona six years ago. No, definitely. Black folks are definitely like I had Corona in November. You remember October 13th? I was like, man, I can't stop coughing. And I ain't stopped coughing until November 25th at 5 p.m. That was Corona. That was Corona. Um, So the Live Nation drive-in thing, they said launch, I say test. Because it's three dates. Brad Paisley is performing at all three dates. One is in Nashville. One is in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Where is that? Outside of St. Louis. The other is Noblesville, Indiana. Outside of Indianapolis. None of them. Right. I saw places where they they try to hang us. I'm good. Nelly is performing at the joint in Missouri. 
only. Mm. <laughs> I was like, really? Y'all don't want to take him to Nashville? And then Darius Rucker and uh, there's another guy. I keep forgetting or losing his name. John Party. You know who that is? You're more no aware of things than I am, huh? No clue. Also a country artist. So they, then that's how they put it on billboards. Like fellow country artists, Darius Rucker and John Party will also perform in Nashville. Um, but Nelly's only performing in Maryland Heights near St. Louis. Makes sense. And no, no word as to who is performing with Brad Paisley in Indiana. So they have three dates. It's happening over the course of, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. My bad. It's three days, but it's nine shows. So maybe they're not all performing together? Socially distancing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm confused because Brad Paisley's had like shows in all three cities. I don't know. Anyway, it really don't sound like, like Live Nation really thought this one out all the way. So I'm going to say that they're testing live from the drive-in, the concert series. I don't think mm. it's a launch. All right. Uh, let's see. Where shall we go on here? Rihanna's Anti, which came out four years ago, mm-hmm. is now the... Um, it has officially been on the charts every week since it was released on January 28th, 2016 for a total of 224 weeks as of Tuesday. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. That is the longest charting album by a black female artist in the history of Billboard 200. And I'm trying to see what song is on there right now that keeps it on that chart, but I don't see that in the article. And I'm frankly not about to go search billboard to figure that out for y'all that would have been a really really good piece of information to include well no it says billboard 200 so that means a whole album right that's not a song yes well there you go 200 224 weeks after it's released anti still remains one of the top 200 albums in the country Mm. rihanna ain't never giving y'all another album (laughs) she said well did my part Y'all enjoy that. I heard Kendrick Lamar said he's not giving out any more albums either. That seems very on brand for Kendrick. I feel like I feel like I expected that of Kendrick. I think it's, and, weird. it's huh? very weird. It's very weird. Like, did you make music to be appreciated? Is that why you love music? Like, I don't know. It was just it was a weird thing when because for first punch said it. You know, Kendrick Kendrick doesn't feel appreciated. It's like, oh, is that why? No, that's 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 lame. As fuck. He's not making more music because he doesn't feel appreciated. That's what that's what the the things have been saying. I believe and I'm gonna have to look this up just because I'm gonna have to check punches. Uh I don't know if that was when he was hacked or whatever, but <laughs> um, you know, people people have been asking. Um well he said it was only one he said it was one comment. He said the rest of it was me. So um I just find it kind of weird if that's true, but that's what the streets are reporting. Um, I was going to say I could um, I was going to say I could see Kendrick tapping out because I felt like Section 80 um, Section 80 Good Kid Mad City and not to pimp a butterfly but um, the other one 
that came out after that. What was that? Damn. Damn. Yeah. Those three are a perfect trilogy. They kind of complement each other really, really well, almost in the same way as um, Kanye's first three albums did. Like, it feels like a cohesive story. It feels like it kind of runs, you know, threads through the evolution of this kid from, 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 uh, from Compton. So if Kendrick didn't drop any more music, I think we'd be okay. But for him to say that that's the reason why, like, that's just lame. I think. Well, what happened was you had MJ Arnold on Twitter to punch said time for Kendrick. Tell Kendrick it's time for the real to return. And Punch said, nah, niggas don't appreciate it. So, doesn't necessarily say he's not coming back, but I guess he's not coming back anytime soon. Or maybe he's not coming back with the real? Maybe he's going to come back with the fake. Yeah, so... That's just some weird-ass shit to say. I mean... I kind of get it, but nah. Like... It is weird that people are begging Kendrick to come save them or something. And I do understand the weight of that and that it's not fair to him. Um, And in that regard, maybe he feels like he can't make the music he wants to make because he's going to be forced to make a certain thing to fit other people's, you know, idea of what they want. So in that, I get it. But come on, Kendrick. You put yourself in that position. I mean, it's what we asked for as artists. It's what you want, right? Right. And then you get it and you realize the weight of it. So, I mean, I think that, I think also that, um, I think maybe there's a certain pressure, right? Because there is not yet a positive narrative of an artist who came and did three, four albums, or even two albums, and then willingly said, all right, guys, thanks so much. I'm going to go. So tapping out, not even tapping out, moving on to something else in your career or saying, you know what? I've done this music. I don't want to put music out anymore, or I've made this money. I want to chill at home, my wife and my kids, whatever it might be. There has yet to be an example in hip hop where that's, framed positively right it's either it's either niggas have a flop and then they end up getting dropped from their label and then they're clowned forever or um the people who do like evolve to something else like a joe budden the conversation is still forever yeah but that's because you couldn't make it rapid like i don't know i can't think of a single person even jay-z when jay-z said he was quitting might have been the only one but he ain't quit And so I think that there's also the pressure of the fact that there are a bunch of people out there who really like still love creating the music for mass consumption. And so you could feel as an artist, like you have to chase that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Yeah, definitely. You got to give somebody 10, 12 albums like Hove. You got to have a 30 year, not realizing that Dougie Fresh been touring for 40 fucking years off of two songs. Off of two songs. (laughs) And, and one dance and one and dance. one dance because the kids brought them back. I think that that's a really important conversation while we're having all these conversations about, you know, pulling out and not being cogs in the wheel of the machine anymore. 
we should be having a conversation, especially now with everything that's happened with the pandemic and the way that it's limited and affected creatives. We should be having a conversation about what success means and what it looks like. And if and if a Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick gave y'all more than those three albums, but let's just focus on those three. Let's just focus on Section 80, um, Good Kid, Mad City, and Damn. Do you need more? No. And I mean, no, you don't. I mean, I'm I'm all for artists. Kendrick's still relatively young. Yes. Right? Jay-Z released all those albums over a long period of time. It yes. was consistent, but, you know, there was a span of time where he did that. To expect an artist to release music at the clip that fans want nowadays, it's unrealistic. And that's the problem. We live in the social media microwave world. Kendrick drops an album. People won't let him live. They want more music. They want more music. They want more music. They want more music. Right. Because right? they can't even live with the album that they have. It's like, if you love Kendrick, go listen to Kendrick. There's plenty of Kendrick out there to hold plenty you over. Kendrick out there to hold you over. Until Kendrick comes back in. So that's the big thing about it. It's the demand from the... And it's, it's fake demand. It's actually inflated demand because right. it's not like people are consuming music, you know, more. It's just a bunch of streams. So the artist is not making as much money. You want more music. You want it faster. You want it better. You want it bigger, you know, and um, it could burn out some of our greatest. Yeah. And I think that might be one of the things that's happening, you know, and Rihanna's like, I'm not here for it. I'm going to go live. I came here to do this and do that. And you know, you know what? That is the and all kind of other stuff. Rihanna is the example. Rihanna is the example. I mean, Thanks. to a certain extent, because, you know, she's still, she, I mean, she's going to drop this ninth album when she gets good and ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, she's been out here living her life. It's been four years. The album is still on charts. So y'all are still fucking with it. Um, and, you know, she's started three separate companies. Did you know that Rihanna has, like, the only um, Black-owned high-end brand with, within the, the, you know, the company that owns Louis Vuitton and um, all those brands? Mm-hmm. There is, like, a high-end Fenty line, and she's the only Black designer to own an officially. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the only American one, too. Mm. Yeah. She's out here doing it. Um, but, you know, people don't, we don't have the right conversations. We're still not having the right conversations in hip hop. I think we've finally gotten past the idea of artists being too old to drop music. And, you know, kudos to, um, to Royce and kudos to, to Little Brother, kudos to Hove, kudos to, um, you know, that, that, uh, that last Daylight album was really, really good. That last Tribe album was really, really good. Like, we've gotten past that idea. Rob Markman stay dropping singles the same way that these young kids are doing it without feeling like he has to compete with these kids or whatever. So we've gotten past that conversation. We're mm-hmm. getting past the women in hip-hop as artists conversation, I think. We're getting to a point where people understand that they don't have to pit a Cardi against a, um, a Rhapsody. Right. Right. And we're getting to a point where somebody like Tierra Wack can be well-known and I think can be doing really, really well. And a lot of these kids are doing, or these girls are doing really, really well 
on, you know, with their fan bases and it's okay. And they're not being pitted against each other anymore. Um, but we definitely need to have these conversations about what it means to be successful. Like as a, as an urban artist nowadays. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, and yes, her brand is called Fenty and it is founded by Rihanna under the luxury group Moet Hennessy Louis Vuitton or Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy is really what it is when you look at the letters. Um, yeah, so it didn't exist. It's not like they bought it out. It's not like she made she made it pop and then they came in and dropped the check. She went to them and said, I want to design high fashion. And they said, okay, Rihanna, whatever you want to do, we are here for it. Here is a check. Hmm. Y'all can't afford nothing Fenty sells. I mean, y'all can. I, I cannot. 1660 <laughs> I can. I'm not spending $1,660 on an uh, oversized trench parka. Hey, man, shout to whoever does. Shouts to whoever does and super shouts to the little black girl from Barbados who's collecting those coins. Because she did it. Indeed. All shout right. to Robin, man. Shouts to Robin. Robin is my hero. Let me tell you something. One day in New York City, I saw Robin <laughs> running across the street. This was 2000. Okay, so it was Chrisette Michelle's... Um, First album release party. Okay. Um, we were in uh, Little Italy. Uh, it was at the Pink Elephant. And I think she was, this was SOS Rihanna, like brand new, you know, still yeah, like. Yeah, sounds about right. And um, I just saw her, like, running across the, the, cobble, the, cob, the cobblestone street. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, that's Rihanna. And that was my Rihanna moment. And I'll never forget it. My Rihanna moment was when the homie Rick Spice, who is a producer, part of our iStandard Slack community, um, and also one half of Sweat Beats, who provides all the dope instrumentals that I use for for yesterday's news for my little news briefing podcast, used to work at Def Jam. Mm. And I went up there for a... um, what is that girl's name? No, it wasn't for her. Uh, Tian, what was the girl's name? The one that ended up on the reality show, the one that had that No Daddy song. No Daddy? How to Make a Girl Feel. And then her next song was I Had No Daddy Around <laughs> When I Was Growing Up. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, my. That sounds ghetto. You know who I'm talking about, ho. Because <laughs> uh, my Tiana Taylor was Google me. No, not Tiana Taylor. Oh, okay. I'm not talking about Tiana Taylor. I love Tiana Taylor, by the way. Always have, always will. It's God, Lee. You know who Tierra I'm talking Marie. about. Tierra, Tierra Marie. Marie. There you go. One of them T's. She was original T. Um, that's so funny because I t- I typed how to make a girl feel song and it brought up Rihanna oh, that- in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went to the Dev Jam office for a listening event. And as I was leaving, um, Rick gave me a sampler for Rihanna. And I said, who's this? He said, who they thought Tierra Marie was going to be. He said, that's between me and you. But that was like 15 years ago. And he doesn't work there anymore. So it's not going to happen. I mean, but it's... And it turned out to be true. It's kind of true. You know, definitely kind of true. 
they thought she was gonna be the next, you know, hip hop pop princess, Tierra Marie. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She was oh yeah, they were hype about her. They wanted her to be Mary Jr. Didn't happen that way. Rihanna, Rihanna definitely did. Um okay. Previously on As the Rapper's Beef, one Jermaine Cole got in his feelings and released a song. Two days later. Two days later? Next day. About two days later, I believe. One No Name showed up with a song called Song 33. And eviscerated Jermaine in less than two minutes. In less than 70 seconds. It was it was glorious. It was glorious. It was glorious. Because it was, you know what it was? I just figured it out. It was the rap version of not a game, not a game. Practice. Not a game. <laughs> We're not talking about a game. We're talking about practice. practice. That's what that's what no name did. Mm. So not not Brianna Taylor's murderers who are still not in prison. Not, you know, trans women dying everywhere. Not none of that. Talking about me? Me? Listen. She she picked up the infinity gauntlet and snapped her fingers. It was, it was brutal. Well, two days after that, she said, I've been thinking a lot about it and I am not proud of myself for responding with song 33. And but, you know what? I I understand that sentiment because the whole thing is petty. Both of them. They've been petty about it forever. And I'll be honest to say it. When Cole said what he said, I felt it. But Cole, this wasn't the time, bro. So here's my thing about that, right? Here was my question. After Blue Ivy blessed the world with new music by her mama, shouts to Blue, I love you so much. I just thought about the fact that by the time you're old enough to run for president, I'll be 80. But it's okay. Um... What is the difference between um, Snow on the Bluff and False Prophets? Isn't this who Cole has always been? Yeah. Does he always pop up wagging his finger at other rappers? Yeah. So it's just because, and, and, and again, and I said this on social media, like, pardon me if I'm betraying the, fem, the, 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 you know, feminism by asking this question, but are we mad because he did it now when he could have used his voice to do something else? Or are we mad because he did it to a woman? Because we're certainly not mad because it's not on brand. No, we're mad because he did it to a woman. And well, because, kind of, because, kind of so, sexist. Well, here's the thing. We were having a conversation and, and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go wide, then I'm going to narrow it down. So okay. we we're mad because we had the conversation. J. Cole, how dare he force us to talk about this while we're talking about black women dying, while we're talking about trans women dying. Well, okay. Black women are always dying at the hands of, of abusers and, and police and, you know, all these terrible things, right? On it. This is not nothing new. So nothing these, new. Are things, these are things that we should be fighting for every day, right? Absolutely. We, we, we can't become this immediate, oh, well, we're having this conversation right now in unison, so we can't talk about this other thing, or you can't, you, be quiet. 
I felt like people were trying to silence J. Cole. Yes. And doing to him exactly what they were criticizing but him. They say other exactly. Like you're saying, like, oh yeah, you the tone police. And then y'all was the tone police. <laughs> like, how are you the tone po- you, you oh yeah, you trying to come on. Exactly. Was, this is what I said. I was sitting there looking like I got my issues with Cole and Dream. As do I. You know, and that's fair. And I, I, but I really feel like I fuck with Cole because Cole was like, listen, this is what I said. And I'm here for the response and the criticism. Just like the meme does. But yeah, so she came back and she said that she shouldn't have done it. She said, um, I tried to use it as a moment to draw attention back to the issues I care about, but I didn't have to respond. My ego got the best of me. I apologize for any further distraction this caused. They don't have nothing to do with each other. That's the thing. Like, and I I think that's what she realized. Like, come on, bro. Like, they don't have anything to do with each other. These things happen every day. If you fighting for justice and you fight, you're the new vanguard and all this stuff, then you're just flexing because you got the moment. She utilized the power. And that's why I said she picked up the Infinity Gauntlet and she snapped her finger. Yeah, she did what she was supposed to do. But, but after that, you're burnt. Because a lot of people was looking at her crazy. And that's why she came and was like, you know what? That wasn't really the best time. I'm supposed to be the bigger person. or I mean, you're not really supposed to be. But if, if you're taking the higher ground, a lot of people take moral, the moral high ground. Okay. Right? On some bullshit, though. So if you're taking the moral high ground and you're talking down to somebody, it's, you know... You look crazy. And she looked crazy, even though it was dope. She smashed him. But the overall is, is bad optics. So she went on to say, Madlib killed that beat. And I see there's a lot of people that resonate with the word. So I'm leaving it up, but I'll be donating my portion of the song earnings to various mutual aid funds. And that to me is the thing. You can redirect your use of the platform without taking that step back. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like you could you could have just still donated the money without saying you were wrong. Because I don't think she was wrong because she is an artist and she used her voice to speak about the shit that matters to her. It doesn't matter who she was answering to or not. Just like Jermaine is an artist and he used his platform to fully embrace his light skinness and get all the way in his feelings. And that's Fine. Right. And you got to call it one way. You call it that way. I say they're both petty and they was both wrong. Her message was great. I don't think, I think her message was convoluted because it was mixed up with the whole cold thing. No name said I'm not rapping. You came back with your voice to do that. You could have came back and just been that vanguard on, on wax for your fans. You can't say, okay, I'm going to go start a book club and just do this book thing and just, you know, go around the country. and Oh, she did quit, didn't she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, I forgot that part. Never mind. <laughs> I take it all back. <laughs> but, but, but this is why this is why you come back. I mean, I'm happy she was back. It's one of the best things I've ever heard. I'm not I'm not a no-name fan, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Everything I did, about too. It. I did, too. I enjoyed everything about it. So it was just weird. Like, this is what you came back for, sis? I'm sorry, I can't say that again. Sis, not a game. This is not, is it, yeah, we can't say sis anymore. I don't even know, man. Yes, you can, sis. I, I, I a woman I, I tell read, you that. I ran on Twitter that I can't say sis. I can't say queen. We can't say none of that stuff. Like, all that stuff. It's, come on, man. I'm just going to shut up. I've been silent. And see, so I'm going to take a little tangent from that and say this. In our fight 
to correct some of the ills of the past, um, to redirect some of the the customs of our culture, right? We got to be really careful because it's such a fine line between making shit right and censorship. And somebody pointed this out and I'm going to preface this by saying, yes, I believe Jesus was a real person. Yes, I know what part of the world Jerusalem is from. And so, no, I do not believe that man had blonde hair and blue eyes. However, y'all going to go delete the fucking system. Y'all going to go paint over the Sistine Chapel, my nigga? Like, is this really what we're going to do? Are we going to break every stained glass window in Europe? Are we going to destroy all art that depicts a white God or a white Jesus because we want to be true to history now? Yeah. We going to tear everything down. We don't got to tear it down. Let's just fix it. So we're gonna paint over the Sistine Chapel. Sure. We don't gotta paint over it, just change the shades. Can we not just add a little note to the descriptor that's at the bottom of the art and say, we now know? The one thing I believe in is we've been tainted by this imagery. Imagery is absolutely powerful. And the fact that we've been forced to look at these things, people don't know that Saint Nicholas, like Santa Claus, is based off of a black dude. People do know that, sis, and they still continue to not have him be no, black. This is what I'm saying. Like, them same people that you're saying. Some of us know like, that. Sis, I, I'm Catholic. these mass revelations? I am two, I am two, I'm one sacrament away from death. It's two sacraments left for me. It's either I become a nun or get married and then die. That's it. I've had all the other sacraments, right? I am Catholic, Catholic. I'm so fucking Catholic that my catechism t- teacher, the nun that taught me, was my mother's catechism teacher. Like, we're in this thing. I know where the hell Jerusalem is. I know what people from Jerusalem look like. I also know that they brought in a bunch of European Jews to Israel after World War II. And so Ty, people in Israel now don't look the same that they did back then. Ty, let me explain to you something to you. You are okay. in America. Okay. Welcome. All we right. don't know shit. You know shit. We don't know shit. We're not talking. We're gonna shit. keep hiding behind that. No, but we gotta oh. fix it. That's what I'm just saying. I'm saying the depiction, like black people, are depicted in a negative light. We've all been taught that since the beginning of history. It's okay. just the way it is. Everything, everything points to that, and it's a fallacy, okay. and it has to go away. It's not that's, true. That's why we taking down. Jesus? That's why we taking down all these. Well, he's one of the reasons. Jesus is one of the main. You Not sis- Jesus. No, Jesus. All the fucking crusaders who went out there and did dumb shit in quote unquote his name. Jesus ain't telling none of them people to do that. No, but I'm talking about the, that the was Columbus, people. maybe. No, I'm talking about the the people, the the churches who put a white Jesus in front of us, okay. and who went to all these 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 savage countries and said, and I'm and I'm worship this and, white Jesus. And this I right. get all of that, and I'm I get all of that. Like I completely understand the power of the imagery. What I also understand is the power and importance of art and history. And some of these things that we're talking about destroying... But it has to be accurate of its history, right? If we, I mean, we, it's, we, it's always history according to the victor. But if we found out... No, but if we know this is inaccurate, then it's our mission as historians 
to correct that with scholars. We talk about history. Yes, in the history books, absolutely. In the Bible, even sure, even though it's already in there in the Bible, they already told you what the hell he looked like in the Bible. It's been in there, but the statues, the stained glasses, that's not history, that's art. That's just like, think about all of the music that we would have to just completely remove from the internet if we started paying attention to what Big was saying. If we started really paying attention. Have you listened to Girls, Girls, Girls recently? Of course. It's one of my favorite songs ever. Like, I, I, I tried to put my nephew on a blueprint. And when that song came on, I was like, oh, hmm. So here's the thing. We're talking imagery versus art, right? We're talking about a, a depiction, a, a lie of saying that Jesus is white. Worship a white man. The white man's going to come save you versus somebody saying some dumb shit in the song. Now, you could easily just be like, yo, that was some dumb shit in the song. You can't just say like, you can't just walk around and... and Take people's eyes and say, don't look at that white Jesus. My church has a black Jesus in it. I found one. With a well, black that's Jesus. amazing. In Atlanta. In Atlanta, Georgia. Not in and Haiti. And that's amazing. Jesus is in Haiti. is white in the motherfucker. Hell yeah, he is. But the Jesus at my church here in the West End, the historic West End, is a black Jesus in a black Madonna. Matter of fact, the shrine of the black Madonna is down the street. Anyway, It is I'm not hard. It is not hard for these folks, especially art with art to correct the depiction of Jesus. No, make new art with the correct depiction. We can't go back and fix the old art is what I'm saying. Well, That's we, all. We, we put that shit we in the take it away. We, can, we can hide it. That's fine. I'm good with that too. Cool. Um, so, alrighty. As I mentioned, my fairy goddaughter, Blue Ivy Carter, blessed the world on Juneteenth with a new song by her mother. I was quite elated to get it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about it until the next day. They dropped it at 11.30 p.m. Well, no, because they dropped it at 11.30 at night. Oh, yeah, I know. I was up. I was not sober anymore <laughs> at 11.30. And I was I not on the internet. I sent you a message. I said, hey. When? Guys, I, I messaged you guys when it came up. I was like, hey. Did I didn't know? see that message until the next day. Real talk. <laughs> I had to talk to my homegirl's husband because my homegirl's husband sends me all kinds of memes all day, every day on on Instagram. And he posted about the song at 11.37 p.m. And I was like, but that shit you couldn't send me a message about. It's fine. I'm here now. <laughs> motherland, motherland trip on me. Um, all on me. Black Parade is the most... I. Yeah, I've been listening to that song every morning since uh, I woke it, up, it's, since it came it's out. It's glorious. It's really good. It's a glorious exercise, and I don't even know. She's black sp- pride. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. I is. mean, international black pride, world black yeah. pride. Well, and that's the thing that I love most about it is because you and I are always talking about how there's so many things that try to divide the African diaspora. And when Beyonce says motherland drip on me, and she talks about a cookout. She talks about laid edges. She talks about waist beads. She talks about her crystals. She talks about her ancestors. She talks about her mama. She talks about Malcolm. Um, it's universal. Mm-hmm. Then she did a Motherland Drip um, playlist for Tidal, 
which, you know, based on it being motherland driven, based on the fact that the song has kind of a afro kind of feel to it a little bit. I was expecting for it to be, you know, a bunch of, no, but it was American music. Mm-hmm. The only songs on there that were not like straight up and down American music was Burner Boy has a song called Spiritual on it, which by the way, if anybody Nigerian is listening to this, Apollo, I'm talking to you. I need somebody to tell me what it is that I'm repeating on that song in the line after where he says, all my people spiritual. Cause I say it, I know I'm saying it right. I have no idea what the fuck it means. Um, <laughs> That song is on there. And then My Power from the, um, My Power and Already from the, uh, the, the Lion King Companion album are on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everything else is like Malcolm. It's, it's Nina Simone. It's um, Betty Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a celebration of American excellence, Black excellence in America. And niggas still found something to complain about, sis. Of course they did. Why she gotta? Why she gotta have um, crystals? Why the incestors gotta be talking? Why she gotta have ocean energy? We just talked about how y'all don't want white Jesus. We can't have ocean and and, and Yimaya either. So the, the thing that I love about here's what I love about Jay Z and Beyonce. Um, we've watched them grow. Yes, watched them grow. They continue to grow in their knowledge and their learning. They've been exploring the world. They've been learning about different culture. They've been learning about black culture. And that has, you've seen it in their music. You've seen it in their work. You've seen it in their message. Um, the gift was black and African as fuck. Um, you know, with the Lion King, the Capan album. Mm-hmm. Um, they've grown. And a lot of black folks in America, like we, we show up for Wakanda, but we don't have that same energy when it comes to trying to understand the complexities of the black diaspora. It's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's beautiful. It's so much. It's massive. We should be out here consumed and learning and, and learn about all these different cultures, the Yoruba and all these different tribes. And, you know, but it's and also we, stop perpetuating the narrative that other people gave you about y'all shit. You want to talk about being stripped of your culture. And then when somebody tries to bring it back and say, Hey guys, Good news. Right. It's still a whole bunch of people practicing this shit in Africa, in Cuba, in Haiti, in Jamaica. It, you don't even have to go far. It's right here. And you're like, eh, I'm cool. That's witchcraft. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, Americans. And I, I, saw, I saw a really good post. about. I'm like, why are Americans and Nigerians arguing? Why are Americans arguing with Nigerians? I'm Jamaican. I saw a post. I argue with Nigerians. I saw a post that I had to respond to. And let me pull it up for you guys really, really quickly. Thanks. Um, where somebody said, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh-oh. Tweets, I got to look at tweets and replies. Somebody said, uh-oh. Because you know, IT don't always know how the internet work. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's so fun watching you. We're, like, we're, we're watching you in wonderment. Look at Ty. Look at Ty, y'all. Being learning things, learning how the internet <laughs> works. Oh, come on. Where is it? Okay. So somebody tweeted, African-American culture lacks so much compared to African and Caribbean culture. And somebody replied, African-Americans were stripped of their culture, built a whole new one, and it's still the most influential and imitated globally. Why do y'all do this? To which I replied, 
Afro-Caribbean people were also stripped of their culture and built a new one. Why do y'all do this? Matter of fact, I'll take it one step further. Let me remind y'all. Let me remind y'all that Cameroon has been in a civil war for three years now between the white-speaking Cameroonians and, I mean, the French-speaking Cameroonians and the English-speaking Cameroonians. You don't think they had to build a whole new culture around that shit? When people came in and redrew their borders, you don't think people had to build new cultures around it? No? No? You know, as a as a as someone who identifies as African American, I'm ashamed. But I did say that that other statement was some bullshit though. I mean to say that African American culture is lacking is some bullshit. So I don't here's my statement. I don't think African Americans truly appreciate what we've built in this country. Thank you. Say it again. I, I think, but I, the reason why is I think I don't think that African Americans truly appreciate what we built in this country because we don't appreciate each other. We mm. don't appreciate the intricacies of blackness in America. We've built our own Africa. We built our own little city states and our own vibes and our own sounds. We have DC and we got you know uh, Motown and we got. Compton and we got, you know, Houston and we got Miami. We got all these flavors we built and we don't Yo, look at my, like One of my clients, uh, Biddy Barnes, is an OG promoter here in Atlanta. Biddy's one of the most amazing people that I know. Um, so I say one of my clients, he's really one of my friends, one of my OGs. Um, and he's been doing this interview series with other people who have worked in the nightlife industry that have, that have shaped Atlanta's nightlife industry, right? Mm-hmm. And so yesterday he interviewed um, Roger Bonds and Roger Bonds was talking about how in the 80s, when he was in Harlem, which is where he's from, he had a girlfriend in Brooklyn and he had a Brooklyn outfit that he wore so that when he left Brooklyn, New York, I mean, when he left Harlem, New York and got to Brooklyn, New York, niggas in Brooklyn, Brooklyn would not recognize that he was a Harlem nigga. You understand right. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, and and as someone who's frequented New York in all the boroughs, including Staten Island and Long Island, uh, I understand that shit. Long Island's not a borough. Well, it is today. It's, it's not. I, I, well, neither is Staten Island, but we're going to... No, Staten is. Is it? Yeah, Bronx, Brooklyn, New York, Queens, or Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten. Can we switch those around? The five. I'm pretty sure. Sorry, Staten Island. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> shout to Westchester, uh, Yonkers. Hey, how y'all Shouts doing? Shout to Newark. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, no, but you know, I, I get it. And and once again, like that's the beauty and the complexity. It's like growing up in North Philly. You know, South Philly, they on some whole other shit. That's a whole nother part of the world. And me. apparently West Philadelphia is enough of a thing that the Fresh Prince had to put that in that's the song. A, to let that's y'all a whole exactly other part of the world because we know they get down completely different. And, Ask and Houston about North and South Houston. It's, hey, listen, listen, that's a whole, that, that was a whole war at East, East and, and West Baltimore. You know, um, we've done some amazing things as black people in America. And I just wish we could really appreciate it. I wish well, we could appreciate, appreciate all these all these Black dope American subcultures. Culture. Like that's culture. I, as an immigrant, I want to tell you that I appreciate macaroni and cheese. I appreciate hip hop. <laughs> um, I appreciate tap dancing. Um, chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffles is a good thing. I don't know who came up with chicken and put the chicken with the waffles, but fried chicken. Woo! Oh man, I fried chicken like that where I come from. Okay, 
I appreciate y'all. I don't, I don't, I don't know, B. And maybe, but I mean, but it makes sense, right? Because right. if you feel more strongly about your shit, you don't have to be on the defensive all the time or feel like you're being attacked all the time because you know your shit is dope. I just want to say one thing, and New York is a great example of it. People wonder why New York lost hip-hop. They lost hip-hop because they didn't appreciate New York and they didn't appreciate the differences. They spent too much time arguing with each other because of the differences. And that's one of the reasons why they couldn't actually unify the way people do here in Atlanta, even though people in Atlanta got beefs and, and bullshit and all that. But when it's time to put up a unified front, you're going to see them all standing there, smiling at the camera. Looking like they friends. Exactly. So, you know, I, I want people to be more like Atlanta and less like New York. Be more like us. If Ugh. that makes sense. Okay. Don't take don't take that for, don't take that at face value. Don't please don't nobody misconstrue. Don't take that clip and isolate it. Make sure you put the whole part. Make that the clip, Mikey. You gotta add the context. Nah. Well, in addition to um allowing her mother to give us new music, Blue Ivy also whispered. No, I think this was Rumi's idea. Rumi went and whispered in her mama's ear and said, Hey mom, God said more. Shouts to Jazzfly. Um, so Beyonce also partnered with, uh, black owned something. Hold on. It's, it's a, there's a, a, an Instagram profile that like focuses on highlighting black owned businesses. Mm -hmm. And if you go to Beyonce's website, fellas, it's okay. It's fine. Your computer will not explode. You will not wake up with. I don't know, whatever you think is going to happen. Um, once you scroll past this beautiful collage that she made of black you fathers, won't, including you won't wake up in formation. Right. <laughs> we made, so there's a collage they made for black fathers that includes a lot of the people that we've lost of late. So, um, uh, uh, Alton Green is on here. Um, I mean, is that his name? I think that was his last name. There's a lot of it's a lot of different people, people who have lost, as well as celebrities that are on this on this uh, in this collage. But when you click below that, there is actually, or you can go to Beyonce.com backslash black slash black dash parade dash route. And the black parade route is 12 pages of black owned businesses, ranging from art and design to well wellness and health, including restaurants, home and living. Fashion, beauty, everything is in there. And he mm. compiled this list. Um, and I'm assuming that, you know, well, no, actually, it's not even like no, like you have to buy from within Beyonce's website. It's linking you directly to SC Green's gallery. Um, it's linking you directly to, um, I'm trying to pick somebody that's not art and design, but I guess it's all in alphabetical order based on the category. So, so it's linking to all the, but to all the businesses. Yeah. It's a linking directly to their websites or to their Instagrams or whatever have you. That's fine. Um, in addition to that, the proceeds from the song are actually going toward Bay Goods Black Business Impact Fund. Mm -hmm. So now I feel really, really great about streaming the song 10 times a day, supporting black businesses. Man, listen. Why not? I mean, also it's a great song. Also, shout to Ari Lennox who put together a bunch of lists from all over the country of uh, black-owned restaurants, and then shared. Um, you know, I I I I broke up with Starbucks this week. 
I'm not breaking up with Starbucks. I did say, and thank you for reminding me that I was going to spend my monthly Starbucks quota at the two black owned coffee shops that I just found out are here in Atlanta. So I, I wanted to support the brand, the brand black and bold, but target lied and said they had some and they didn't unless they're hiding it in the back or it's sold out. It's it might be sold out in Atlanta. So I'm just going to have to uh, order some. I've gotten some pretty good recommendations on some black owned coffee shops. You know, I just Starbucks, y'all, y'all just pissed me off. So I spent so much so money. Let's talk about that real, real quick. Like, let's give that literally um, sixty-five seconds. Okay. So, why did they piss you off? So, you know, Starbucks announced that they, um, well, they had they they did an internal memo and told employees not to come to work wearing any Black Lives Matter or you know pro black pins or whatever. Right. Um, what else did the memo say? I'm not sure. I didn't read. The okay, article. continue. So you know, but but what they do allow is pride pins and things of that nature. Um, and I got a couple homies that work at Starbucks, and they felt the way. Um, and it's not a one against the other thing. It's just Starbucks is starting to develop a pattern of goofy shit. Okay. You know, and you so, have to you have to prove to me that you as a brand actually give a shit not just i'm just going to do the pr thing you know well tomorrow we come back with a bunch of t-shirts that say all of a sudden we got a black lives matter t-shirt we're gonna give out to everybody nah bro that's so 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 here's the reason why i wanted to talk about it and i wanted to talk about it really really quickly today i saw an article that said that Publix would not allow a young man to wear a face mask that said black lives matter Mm-hmm. And then when um, they were reached out to the corporate office, stood by that statement and said something to the effect of wanting to create a workspace that is safe and all inclusive, blah, 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 blah. And when I posted that, people were like, well, you know, Publix has a dress code and the face mask wasn't in dress code. So they're technically not wrong. I mean, really, they should have gave him a mask, but they're technically not wrong. And I said, which is why I asked you if you knew what else that memo said. The memo that everybody's been talking about said that Starbucks does not allow employees to wear anything that is not created by Starbucks. So those pins and shirts that you see are things that are given to them internally. It's not like they're bringing home their own pins. They're being given things to wear at work. And then in that same memo where they said, please do not bring, please do not wear your Black Lives Matter, whatever, what have you. They also said, we hear you in saying that you want to represent that and we are working on a solution. It is in that same memo. It's in the same memo. And and listen, that's cool, but they weren't proactive. They were still behind the eight ball. I mean, you're talking about pride, which has been a movement since the 80s versus Black Lives Matter, which just now is having the momentum that 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 it has. I'm not giving it. It's been around. I'm like, these are the same people who a couple years ago in the city I grew up in. One it, store's manager did some dumb shit. And that's fine. And then what they did was they tried to do a fake whole system wide. See, Starbucks is not a franchise. Starbucks is owned by Starbucks. Okay. So But that still means that but that's still but there's still room for one store manager to say or do some dumb shit. And by the time it gets back to corporate, because everybody's not gonna go complain to corporate. But everybody's not gonna take it to that next step. Two years ago, it was one of the biggest PR things at the time. Everybody was talking about it. They had a whole, oh, we gotta stop, close Starbucks and do the training. Like, how do you do that? 
and you miss on all these other moments that have happened. You have to. Did they not? So what? What did they give their employees to wear for Black History Month? Do we know? I have no idea. What did they do to celebrate? What did they do to celebrate? I'll ask my my uh, Black Music Month friends. I mean, I'm just saying. Like at the end of the day, the way that I saw people defending Publix um, is the same way. Is the same way that I defended Starbucks. Is the same way that I see people defending Apple, even though we now see that there's like. 14 whole things that they've stolen for from Android for the new iOS, but that's neither here nor there. People have brand loyalty. And ultimately, we Americans like the things that we like, and we really nah. don't want to have to break up with certain brands. I'm okay. I've I've been drinking Starbucks religiously for over a decade, but fuck them. Some shit is bigger than brand loyalty. I don't care. They got they're not gonna respect us until they fill in their pocketbooks. It could be stuff fuck publics too. I don't care. I'm okay. We got Kroger. And if it ain't Kroger, we got another brand. And if it ain't them, we got another brand. There'll always be somewhere for us to go get food, for us to go get coffee. I'm not going to compromise because they have to be ahead of the eight ball. There are companies that are ahead of the eight ball. I'll give you an example. So today, like I said, I went to look at flights for the first time. And I wanted to see if the airline that I flew that I spend all my money with is ahead of, of the curve on public safety and, you know, making sure that everything is what it needs to be, not being defiant and being American and, no, you can, you can do whatever you want to do and all that. And I saw that mm-hmm. they were, and I was cool. I said, okay, y'all, y'all gonna keep getting my money. But had they not been that way, I wouldn't be fucking with them. I'm good. It's my uh-huh. dollar. And, and absolutely, it, you know, so and I'm not here and I'm not, I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. Like from what I understand, I believe there's one day a week where Starbucks proceeds go specifically to Zionist movements or something like that. Like all these companies have, you know, some shitty, shitty history because they're American companies. The well, they the all day. do, but we have to do, see this. This is the biggest problem, right? The biggest problem is America's been so fucked up mm-hmm. that we're used to it. It's been so fucked up for so long that we're just all like, you know, America. And right. don't get me wrong, it, there's certain instances where I've been guilty of that too, but I'm uh-huh. trying to be better because we can't excuse America anymore. Okay, so can't. on January 30th, Starbucks has an article on their corporate website that says, see me as me, Starbucks honors Black History Month. Um, in spotlighted. Everybody huh? does that. No, but that's Everybody. what I'm saying. Pride is a month that's been designated and celebrated for whoever for, for 20 fucking years. So yeah, they had pride gear already ready. When did they start having pride gear ready? Is the my question. That, the day that you saw somebody coming with a Black Lives Matter or something, and you see everything on TV exploding, and every brand in the world is doing something, and you claim to be hipster Starbucks that's ahead of the curve, and you're so socially conscious and world conscious and do fair trade, we, this, that, and the third, and blah, blah, blah. Do we know the actual timeline between when that memo was written when they decided what their actual plan was going to be. And I mean, I feel like if the plan was already there when they wrote the memo, they could have explained what the plan was when they wrote the memo. That's fine. Um, did, did they mishandle it? Possibly. But I also feel like, and you've said this yourself, and we've both agreed about it, that like, it's a really, really, really precarious time. And some people, Pornhub, might need to take a beat and figure out the appropriate way to deal with certain shit. 
Well, porn of they they trafficked in being inappropriate. So that's the no. But I mean, I'm just saying, like some people do need to take a beat and figure out how to do it because some people have done it and it's been so surface level and bullshit that it oh, becomes absolutely. a mockery. There's a lot of brands that are not authentic with whatever it is they're doing. They're just doing it for the moment. But I'd rather Starbucks have done something. I expected more of them because they made me expect more of them. Okay. They never did. Like Starbucks has tried to put themselves on a pedestal as a certain type of brand. They built that brand trust. This is us. This is our image. We're Starbucks. You know, we're fancy. We're we're this, we're that, we got Wi-Fi, we're, we're, we're above and beyond and, and we're socially conscious and, 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 you know, we recycle and all this stuff, but you don't give a fuck about black people. That's, that's, that's strong. It wasn't strong when they kicked two niggas out of their spot and that's what everybody was saying. Right. But like, again, and then this is, I mean, I, I don't want to keep staying on here. That store in Philly did that when there are also stores that are super, they go above and beyond for the homeless people in their neighborhoods. And there are also stores that don't. And there are also stores that don't. And ultimately, that's not really a corporate thing. That is a store manager thing. You've worked in retail. They took it on. They took it on as they said, this is is a corporate failure. But you've worked, you said, they said what? They took it on as a corporate failure. Right, because they had to. And they did the training. No, because- they had to do it that way. Here's the thing, right? And this is the thing, right? If white people in America have been racist for all this long, right? Mm-hmm. And we're just like, hey, guys, you've been racist for all this long, right? And now we're like, you, but you should have known you've been racist, right? Starbucks should have known. They should have, they, inclusion training should have been already on, on, their, on their thing. So it shouldn't have been a, a, a problem. They failed their worker. When you train somebody, they come to work for you. You're supposed to train them in what they should do. When they don't do it, that is a reflection on the company directly. That's why you got to eat it. It is a reflection on the company directly, and that's why you got to eat it. But one of the things that I will tell you that me and my sister always talk about is that there's a very, very small group of, of, of chains where you can go and have a pretty uniform experience across the board. Starbucks is one. Cheesecake Factory is one. While we can say that about Cheesecake Factory... You have been to the Cheesecake Factory in Cumberland Mall? It ain't the same experience. All that to say, yes, there's a corporate standard. Yes, corporate trains down to regional. Regional trains the store manager who trains the assistant managers who trains the employees. Something's going to fall through the cracks somewhere. People aren't perfect. Racism I have no dime in this quarter. I'm still trying to figure out where I can buy Haitian coffee in Atlanta because I don't know when I'm going to be able to go back home again. So really, I've never brewed Starbucks coffee inside of my house. Um, I might buy the Starbucks iced coffee, but that's only when that's the one that's on sale because I use my iced coffee to make protein shakes with. So it's really not that deep to me. Um, hey, Pete, how y'all doing? Hmm? Pete. I told Pete, hello. Oh, hi, Pete. Pete is their, their uh, rival in Seattle. Oh, Okay. Well, I've been going to, to Dunkin' Donuts and getting $2 medium iced coffees and <laughs> snacking bacon for my dog. Um, okay. Because I also live in the hood and there's no Starbucks on my house any damn way. All righty. So other than Beyonce, <laughs> um, Alicia Keys gave us a song 
a protest song this week. She did, but are we we're not gonna talk about uh, verses. No, the fuck we're not. You Absolutely. didn't watch it. Says, come on, bro. This was the best verses ever. It shut up. It was not better than Buju and Beanie Man. It was not. <sighs> also, it was, it was John Legend, who I'm not a fan of, and Alicia Keys, who. I don't understand how I can love her second albums as much as I do and be so uninterested in anything that she has to do now. It was the best verses ever. Okay. Presented overall presentation, sound, um, a show. They put it on Apple Music in HD. It was far and away the best. Oh, so for his wife, Swiss figured out how to get this shit right. Ain't that something? No say. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that some? Don't say. Who is this clown? I don't know. I don't know who he thinks is on drugs, but it's cool. I guess it would be you because I'm not a man. Maybe he's on drugs. I don't know. Um, All right. Well, tell me about this thing that I just acted like wasn't happening. As I do with the rest of them. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, it was a lot. It was what we asked for as far as the presentation goes. Um, maybe it was because it was for his wife. They did the dual pianos thing. Um, that was fire. He said he loves your... Hair. I think it's supposed to say hair. Is that what that says? I think so. Oh, okay. I think it's supposed to say hair. He can't speak very well. Um, it's fine. So, you know, dual pianos. Um, they did performances. It was a pretty good track list, too. Um, yeah. <sighs> okay. So, we know you, you hate verses, but... I don't you, hate verses. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If every verses would have been perfect, this still would have been the one I would have skipped. For fucking what? For what? On a Friday night? No! John Legend and Alicia Keys? I'm good. Yeah, but... It was- it was it was really good. The track list is really good. He plays. But what is my favorite thing to say? Is just because I don't like it doesn't mean other people can't enjoy it. Like oh we do. oh we we absolutely enjoyed it. I'm he sure played, you did. He played uh, he played the song that he played on for Lauren uh, for Lauren Hill when he was I believe 18. Um, played a bunch of old good music records. Played some Slum Village. It was uh it was a good time. We partied. Okay. Um, Alicia Keys released a song. <laughs> she performed on the verses also. Called Perfect Time to Die? Yes. You know what it's called? It's called Perfect Time to Die. Perfect Way to Die. And it's got a really good, there's no video for it, but it's a really good video, like an audio. Lyric video. Lyric clip. And mm. it's like, it's like signs and it's like walking down the street and each sign is a set of lyrics. And it's, it's a pretty powerful song. Sure. It is. Um, I um again, I am very, very once I find my new therapist and we get through the really pertinent shit in my life that I have to get through, I might spend the session trying to understand how I could love Diary of Alicia Keys so much and be so uninterested in anything that she's done since. Except for the song I Need You off of the album that had no one on it. And there's another song that she has that I really, really, really love. But in general, I don't get excited. I don't run to it. If she had a show, if she offered to come perform in my living room, I'd be like, sis, it's okay. 
It's all right. No, that's not we true. Could, I'd have we, a performed diary. We could have skipped this portion if we were going to turn it to the Alicia Keys hate train. It's not the hate train. It's I'm it's I'm a very baffled and confused former fan. That's what it is. It's not hate train. That that was a long time ago. What the the, the diary? diary of Alicia Keys was. I still listened to the album like it came out yesterday. So I, I agree, but you've you've had sixteen years. And she just keeps every time I be like. <laughs> No, I take that back. It was another song called In Common that she dropped right around when mainstream America discovered Afrobeats and it had kind of an Afrobeat vibe to it. And then she dropped an album and nothing on the album was like that. And I was like, all right, Alicia, I see what we're doing here. Um, it's because she's a Capricorn. That's really what it is. Um, what up? All right. And then we had Anderson Pac who dropped Lockdown, which I thought, I thought the video for that was super creative where he has the different group of people in there and the the rapping actually passes off from him to all the different people that are in the video. Mm-hmm. And at certain points, somebody is talking to him and, you know, at other points he's talking to the other people. Um, but the song itself is really good because it's called Lockdown. And so he manages to talk about what's currently going on with, uh, can we call it a revolution? Will they call it the American summer like they did the Arab Spring? We'll see, because they're back to talking about coronavirus. No, no, I'm like no. I'm liking democracy summer. That's what uh that's what um uh rock the vote is calling it. I like that idea. Democracy summer. Democracy summer. You we'll know, see. now that we know that we ain't had a democracy really ever. We'll see. Um, all right. So, yeah, so he's talking about all the protests and everything that's going on, the way that police have been handling us, but he's also talking about the virus, hence the name lockdown. Mm. Um, her dropped the song called I Can't Breathe. I didn't get a chance to check that one out, did you? I did. Tell me about it. Uh, the irony is her is, uh, Alicia Keys, uh, part two, came through the same camp. Shout to uh, MBK. Um, it's I love her. I love Gabby. It's um, once again it's a powerful emotional topic, um, and it's her. So if you're her fan, you'll like it. That's my position for the rest of the show. Thank you. You put <laughs> you pushed me into that corner. No, don't be in that corner. I'm done. Don't be in that corner because, like I told you, like I'm always here for understanding that people like things that I don't like. Quite often, we could we could be talking about Gucci Mane. I'd I'd enjoyed that conversation more. I mean, we're getting there. Pink Sweats also and Lecrae also came through this week with the protest music, um, and we got some new R and B courtesy of the homie Jazzy. Shouts to Jazzy, who um, I wish would have came out two years later. Two I years feel like later. when she, I feel like when she, not this song, I'm talking about her. I feel like when Jazzy first came out onto the scene, I don't know that the right people were around to position her the right way. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Cause she's killing the game as a, so, as a song I mean, writer. You know, she came out under. Huh? Timberland. Yeah, I know. So duh. And I feel bad for the other girls too. <laughs> every fucking thing he touches. I feel bad for Tink too. So, um, but you know, she, she's been able to uh, make her way as an amazing songwriter uh, and it's contributed to a lot of dope shit. So it's good to see her out and doing her own thing. I got to meet her a couple years ago in Nashville. She's 
you know, super talented. So love her. I got to interview her actually on, on cool people. I know forever ago. Um, so yeah, so she has a new joint out called Pleasantville, which is really cool. And Victoria Monet, who you just put me on. Cause I was like, I've seen the name. Um, and I really enjoy her new joint experience. I feel like this is going to be one of my new bops as well. And, um, you got to stand. <laughs> you got to stand in the. In the <laughs> you got to. We got to. You got to stand in the in the comments. Yeah, you got. You got a whole troll. He loves um, you. Though. So you were telling me that Victoria Monet <laughs> is. Um, she is uh, a songwriter for Ariana Grande, or nice. one of one of her main songwriters' best friend. Yeah. One of her best friends. Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. So it's funny because if you listen to so at the last ASCAP, they did a panel with her and Social House, who are her main producers, Tommy Brown and uh, company. And when I listened to her speak, I said, "Oh, that's where Ariana got her personality. She's literally her." <laughs> <laughs> but we talk about me. No, nah, I'm just saying. Everybody that was there, I mean, it was 500 people in the, in, the, in the conference room. We were like, but I mean, if if you watch her and Taylor Parks, like they're her major influences mm. musically. They they write they write the core of her music, and they all live together or they spend most of the time together. So it's only you know people rub off on people, hang out with somebody so much. The strong friend. You know, the other person who's influenced musically and as a person kind of starts to become that person. You pick up their accent and whatever, because they're, they're not from the same place. You're right. You know, uh, That's right. Ariana's from Florida or whatever. So, but listening to, to her speak, I was like, oh, shit. Rubbed off for of you a lot. <laughs> um, and then August Alcina is back. Somebody said it took a <laughs> pandemic and a whole revolution for... Um, Um, it took a whole revolution in a pandemic for August Alcina to come out with new music. And the internet is just too much. It did. (laughs) And now he's like, no, but y'all gonna get all these fucking songs. Every Every day. Every day. Every day. August Alcina has dropped four songs that we know of since last Friday. Mm -hmm. And he has an album called The Product 3 State of Emergency. Uh, The Emerge is in all caps. In the emergency, uh, and that's coming out on Friday. And the track that we listened to, work to do. Shout to Cardiac because I did confirm with him. Cardiac, you make all the songs, bro. You know he's really been in his R and B bag, which um, I'm proud of because that was one of the things that he really wanted to do. So rocking with Tank, um, I mean rocking with Tank. Excuse me, he got two number one uh, R and B records with Tank, and you know he's still in his R and B bag. He's also got. Uh, three joints on Tiana Taylor's album too. So really, yeah. Kudos to you, Cardiac. Is Cardiac still in the chat? I don't know. Oh, well, he's somewhere around. I'm trying to ignore the chat. There's a lot going on in the chat. <laughs> I'm here for it though. I'm. I take. Hey, the you don't realize I got two phones, fam. One, one for the plug. I karate one chop. for the love. I karate chop block the shit out of my man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lord. Okay. <laughs> and then. We skipped over this. I don't feel like we talked about the fact that Gucci Mane drunk, jumped on Twitter and called Atlantic Records polite racist. 
crackers. Crackers. Was that Atlantic too? Man, Atlantic is leaving hashtag Atlantic Records July 3rd. These crackers polite racists. So I see summer. <laughs> um to tweet on June 12th that you're leaving on July 3rd seems very odd to me. Just leave. You can call them polite racist crackers. Like you might as well go at I this mean, point. The, the wild thing is I put I put up a post on my Instagram feed. And I don't post a lot on Instagram, but you know, I was talking about the fact that all these labels are saying all this cool shit, but at the same time, these people are forcing their way on the people's music. These executives or whatever, and Atlantic Records was one of them. Mm. So Lupe already told us. Uh, you know, um, Metro Boomin already told us. Like it's already well known that Craig Kalman and um, you know, other executives over there. They, they want you to, they, they want to put their stuff on your big records. So if you look at some of the big records, uh, Cardi B and um, some other other big artists on Atlantic, you'll see Craig Cowman. At, show me the session where Craig Cowman did any fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So, and it's cool if he has executive producer because that's, you know, who he is. But Craig Cowman, you ain't making no beats, bro. So why are you, why you listed the programmer? It's weird. So ever since, actually maybe right before that, Gucci has been, I don't follow, I don't follow many celebrities on Instagram because when I got on Instagram, I wanted to be on some cool shit where like, I don't follow celebrities. And also <laughs> I don't follow the same people on Instagram that I follow on Twitter. Cause I see y'all niggas oh, over here. You're extra fancy. I'm extra bougie. Y'all know this. Um, but what Gucci's been doing interestingly, so he decided this is so icy summer. He's been posting, you know, like he's been celebrating the rebirth of 1017. He got like a whole new squad of artists. He just signed a young lady yesterday, looks like. Okay. Or two days ago. Her name is Love Enchanting. Is it Enchanting? Nice. Enchanting is her name. She's from Fort Worth, Texas. Um, you know, he's made a post about, I'm, I'm, I like her and also don't like her because her hair is the same color as mine. And I just really feel like I own the color purple. I don't own the color purple. <laughs> Um, he's been posting, you know, bunch of artists that he signed, but also he's been posting shit like a meme that says how I met Gucci Mane versus how y'all met him. And it's like, you know, old Gucci versus new Gucci. Gucci. Uh. Or he's posted pictures of himself when he was, you know, when he had that, that eight month leaning beer belly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just find that very interesting. Like he has another one up there that says, I feel like I'm Gucci Mane in 2006. Yeah, Gucci's got a good shout to homie Flo Wisdom. Gucci's definitely got a really good track record with picking new artists. I don't know what it is, but somebody should have been gave that man an AR job. <laughs> well, he took it on his own. So Gucci is about to be back on 1017 Records and he dropped a new song. Um, and I enjoyed the video. I was very disturbed though because I started looking at Gucci and I was looking. Mm. Like I was like, hey, hey, Gucci. <laughs> so that's disturbing? Yes. Who wants to be attracted to Gucci Mane? Oh, boy. Listen, when he talks about that Gucci in 2006, fresh out the, 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 the murder charge, did I ever uh-huh. tell you my Gucci fresh out the murder charge story? No, nah, no. Nah. What's up, What's that studio that's over there by um, Six Feet Under on Northside? Oh, my God. Uh, on like Northside and 11th or something like that. So it's not Patchwork? No, it's not Patchwork. It's on the other side of Northside. It's on the same side that, um, like, between Northside and Howell Mill. 
I should. I, I, I think I know exactly. Doppler? No, it wasn't Doppler. So Gucci Mane comes out of prison on a murder charge in mm-hmm. 2006. 2006, I am the top news writer for allhiphop.com. Mm-hmm. I'm also, I think, the only news writer for all hip hop in Atlanta. Somebody schedules an interview. I show up to the studio. Somebody's Jamaican uncle comes to the door. And when I say Jamaican uncle, I'm talking about dreads to the ground, head on lead. Hey. Open the door like this, like this so here. What do you want? The lights are off for the most part in the studio. Mm-hmm. I am, of course, the only woman there. The lights are off. I mean, they're like, yeah, Probably no, the, the lights in the lobby were not on. I got you. The lights in the lobby were off. It's almost like niggas had just got there and hadn't turned everything on yet, is what it looked like. Right. And then they walked me into a back room where Gucci was waiting. And Gucci did the whole interview looking at me like this. Mm. Like the whole interview, for those of you who are listening, can't see my face. Gucci is like, why are you here, my nigga? Like, why am I even talking to you? Like, I just got out of prison, bro. I just got out of prison. Like, I have not been home yet. <laughs> why am I talking to you? It was you? like Meek Mill at the basketball game. He wasn't even home yet. Crazy. Like, my family is finding out from this interview that I'm home. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, I don't. I mean, you know, I admire his glow up very, very much. I definitely don't ever want to have another lusty thought about Gucci Mane ever Ooh. in life. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but the song is called, uh, what is the song called? It says, it's called Still Remember. Still Remember featuring a young artist, uh, Shy. Shiest? Pooh Shiesty. Oh, Lord. Okay. Featuring Pooh Shiesty. There you go. Shout out to Pooh Shiesty. And, and purses, uh, Gucci Mane knows how to identify great talent. All right. So, yeah, we. this is a very, very long show. So um, we're going to just jump right into the fact that Jack Harlow uh, dropped the remix featuring a little Wayne verse. Um, and Wayne dropped an EP. Wayne did drop an EP called uh, The Workout. Workout tape or something like that, yeah. And it came, it's four tracks. Um, one of them's got Big Sean and the Baby. Um, it's a couple joints on there actually. I was just listening to it earlier. I could pull it up, hmm. but uh, yeah. So, but it was a big deal. You know, Jack Harlow is a young young kid from I believe Kentucky. Um, yes. On the come up, so it was kind of dope for him to get that look um, with three big artists, not just one. You know, you got Lil Wayne, the baby, and Tory Lane. So shout out to Jack. Weezy Harlow. Workout is what it's called. Weezy Workout. There you go. Yeah. I know, but that came out on June seventeenth, which was only a week ago. Ty, why are you saying that shit like it's September? <laughs> My bad, you guys. It came out June seventeenth. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it feels like it was so long ago. Help me, y'all. Help that me. That just happened. So wait, it's he's Corona another- time more. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's got another EP. Called Wheezy Flow. Oh, so Wayne is Wayne is back, basically. What's going Wayne's, on? He's in love. Okay, he's got. He track, might be clean. He's got a track called Russian Roulette with Benny the Butcher and Conway. And I'm definitely Ooh, that came out six hours ago. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's on title. Shouts to title. Thank you, Wheezy. Um, City Girls dropped an album as well on Friday, Saturday, set sometime. They did. How do we go from City Girls being the hottest shit out 
to City Girls drop a whole album and nobody talks about it. Because JT left that other one to rap by herself. But JT's back. I know. <laughs> so it's it's too little, too late. I mean, uh, oh, what you're saying is they missed the opportunity to go out there and grow their fan base, right? I think mm-hmm. I think their initial fan base is still there, but it's, for one, it's a lot going on in the world. There is a lot going on and in the world. Also, a lot of other people stepped up in the time that they was not really doing their thing. So, you know, he's uh, saying is that this is Megan Thee Stallion's fault. <laughs> I didn't it's say fine. that. It's fine. I'm sorry. I didn't say that. Don't do that. Shout to QC. Megan came in and took the spot. What's up, Coach? Y'all Cardi good? said she's coming back with new music. What? Keep talking. I'm just... I didn't say nothing, bro. You didn't. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, nah, I mean, you know, so um, I saw a little noise about it. Um, a couple people talking about it on, on Twitter. Um, I really haven't seen, you know, overwhelming thing but it's a weird time to drop music especially if you're not dropping music that's on topic so shout out to anybody that's still trying to drop music about whatever they want to drop you know who dropped music that wasn't on topic and i knew very much about it tiana taylor well tiana taylor dropped an album called the album with 23 songs on it and i knew a lot of them are on topic oh i didn't make it past the seven the first seven yeah, so she's not she's because got, they weren't great, but the first seven really like put me in my feelings for the whole entire weekend. Like this is it, there should be a trigger warning for signal people with that damn album. My nigga, like tell me to skip to track eight, bro. Shout to Junie, who was killing that hook. Yes, Junie killed the hook. Junie I love Junie so much. Hook, man. Listen, nothing brings you more joy than an empowered little girl. Exactly. And I love Junie. Nah, that's my um, other fairy goddaughter. That that's an album. If you guys have not checked it out, do yourself a favor. I love Tiana Taylor because I love her journey. Um, she's been around for a long time, and she's a dynamic um, creative. And it's mm-hmm. good to see. It's like she's getting better. You know, every every time. Yes. Yes. So it's dope. Very excited for her. That album was really really good. Like I said, I made it. I made it halfway through, and then I was just like. It's a lot, you know. It was a lot of great things, though. We got eight tracks from the last time, so, you know, it's a lot. We got 23. I'm not even saying it's a lot, like it's too much music. I feel like I could have listened to it all the way through if, you know, I was in a different place in my life. It ain't ain't going nowhere. You you got it. It's fine. You know, just like Diary. (laughs) Just like Diary of Alicia Keys. I can listen to it 15 years from now. Damn it, Allegiant. We were it. in a good space. Put <laughs> it back today. Uh, John Legend also dropped an album on Friday called uh, Bigger Love. Black Eyed Peas came out with a project that they're really trying to make us excited about, and I just really can't see it. Y'all need Fergie back. Is it just the three of them? Did you know it Black is. Eyed Peas dropped the song with Nas last year? I did not. Called Back to Hip Hop. I, I think I heard about it, but I definitely didn't want to hear it. <laughs> it wasn't bad. I heard it by accident this morning. I mean, I believe it's, you know, I just, I'm good. I'm okay. I don't really know how I feel about this Black Eyed Peas Spanish album, though. Because this is really what it is. It's called Translation, but it's really Black Eyed Peas 
and a bunch of Latin pop and Latin urban stars. Which then says to me, hey, well, I am just go out there and make music with these Latin artists and leave Apple and the how's, other guy. How's he gotten away with this so long? What? Well, I am. With what? <laughs> Cultural appropriation. <sighs> is it? I mean, is it cultural appropriation if you're music making music with the people? I don't know. You know, I, I think Will I Am is extremely talented, but he, at the same time, he's also one of the corniest motherfuckers on the planet. Is, absolutely. It's, it's interesting. It's, the dynamic is very interesting. But yeah. I respect I respect his production. I respect his, you know, skill as a creative. But, yeah, you're not for real. He's like the nerd that got money and figured out that he doesn't have to change because now he has money and y'all are just going to take him as a nerd. He's the anti. He, he's the anti for real. Yes. Yes, he really is. So yeah, all the songs on here, except for one, there's a song with French Montana. Oh my. And then there's a... <laughs> they were like, wait, we said translation. Quick, get somebody from a different country. Um, And then there's like three songs that are just... Four songs that are just them. So is French Montana rapping in Arabic? No, same. <laughs> okay. I told you, I probably... Let me tell you how I'm going to hear this album. I'm going to hear this album because I'm going to put on my little Global Bops channel as I do once a month just to see what they've added on there. And then I take off of the channel the songs that I like and put them on my little Lickle Vibey Tings playlist. This is how it goes. Um, And one of these songs is probably going to be on there. He's got Becky G. He's got Nicky Jam. Piso 21. He's got uh, Shakira's on here. Mm -hmm. El Alfa. Nicky Jam, I said already, I think. Osuna's on here. Maluma's on here. So he's what got all the. He's got it? he's got all the the. the Jay Balvin is on the first, the first song, okay, which is called so, Ritmo, aka Bad Boys for Life. I'm very confused. So I feel like that one was on. Was I think that one might have been on the soundtrack to the movie. So yeah, I feel like I that. Seen, uh, yeah, I think that was. I think that was the that. lead. Yeah, so I think that was the lead. Um, so they made that the least. first song? If that ain't the sign of some shit you know nobody is looking for, bro. Well, you made the song from the soundtrack the first song on the album, not the bonus cut? Right. <sighs> Yikes. Maybe they think it... Well, no, I was going to say it can't go... Just the, to V. V said it was on the soundtrack. It can't go on the Spanish club because the Spanish club is closed. Or is it? Or it might not be. It might not Actually, be. Last time, you, remember the club we went to in Miami? That joint was lit. Man, I, I could I not, not be in that spot right oh, now. I no. could not even imagine. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the God, way. I want to go back outside. <laughs> okay. This Friday is June 26th. Um, and we've got uh, CeeLo's album finally coming. Finally. June. Buju Upside Down, that's also coming out. Mm-hmm. Ryan McKnight is dropping an album on Friday. What? <laughs> Ryan McKnight is dropping an album called Exodus this Friday. Did I ever cross your mind? Clearly, he has not crossed your mind at all. No time. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this Max B Charlie EP, I'm, I've given up. Another one? It's been on the list for Friday, every Friday this whole entire month of June. Oh, they, they still waiting to get his verses in from the. The kite. 
he needs to talk again. He needs to consult with Vibes Cartel because I just heard Vibes Cartel on a brand new song the other day. Like last week. Yo, Riff Raff is still a thing? Because Riff Raff is dropping a project. Riff Raff is apparently still a thing. Yeah. And uh, I, saw, I saw Insane Clown Posse. Stop it. Yeah. Stop. 2020, man. And uh, Haim, is that how you pronounce those girls' names? H-A-I-M? Is it Haim? Haim? Hi, women in music part three yeah and earl sweatshirt is dropping a deluxe version of feet of clay and uh young gerald is back listen young gerald is a singer and it's not bad shots to pink young gerald said i'm going that direction deuces <laughs> shots, shots to pink um, all right. Uh you guys, this is a very, very long episode. Thanks we thank y'all for hanging us. out with us. Yeah. But you know what? I listen to people's two hour podcasts all the time. So I always kind of pick this guy out, but Riley Ritchie is one of my favorite artists in the UK. He oh, was, is that where he's from? Yeah, he was also um uh believe's character was Grey Worm. On uh get the fuck it? out. That is not Grey Worm. Yeah, you didn't know that? No. <laughs> yeah, Riley Richard. Yeah, Riley. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute, sis. Are you for real? I swear. I would not kid you. Way to bury the lead, my G. Yeah, I, you see, I had him on the list. I got his video. I know, but when I was like, yo, what songs jumps out to you? You ain't say Grey Worm got a new banger out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a project coming out. Drop party, drop party fair. Party fair dropped last week. So yeah, this this time around, um, yeah, it's called Andy. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. So he used to make music under his government under Jacob Anderson. Holy shit! <laughs> My bad. I feel like I failed you. No, now I understand how people feel when they get on Facebook and find out that Ty is not my real first name. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. I get it. Yeah, great one. Wow. <laughs> All right. New new music by Grey Worm on Friday. <laughs> I'm so tickled by this. I'm sorry. All right. Uh yeah, you guys, normally we don't go this long. Pause. But thank you so much for rocking with us. The whole we've been pausing since pre-show. Since pre-production. It's it's a long day. Are you gonna go listen to the city girls? There's a couple good songs on there. I need new workout music. I'm not Yo, twerking oh, outside the house anytime listen, soon. That Wheezy workout joint. I'm not twerking four. outside the house anytime soon. So might as well. I actually haven't had a, a good little dance party in the house in a minute. So are you gonna get the, the little TikTok thing where it looks like no. It's no, 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 no. I am a woman of a certain age. Me and TikTok. There's no age for TikTok no more. There is not, but you need a young person around you to help you navigate. All the people my age who I know that are really good at TikTok got young, got like young adults and teenagers in there helping house. them out. Yeah, because I don't yeah. like that shit at all. My nephew's fourteen. I opened you don't up. I was like, like that. I opened TikTok. You up, I, like, I just figured it out, but that's really what it is. I have a homegirl who is killing TikTok. But her son is 21 or 20, like, oh. and he's at her house. Vanessa said that the, the, uh, the City Girls album is all right. The, the three, four joints I got through were pretty fire, actually. Okay. 
Listen, I told you before that I appreciate. I appreciate. She was on beat, Ty. She was on beat. She was on beat. What? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That warms my heart. And then she went off, but then she got back on. Damn. I mean, she gonna find it. (laughs) Oh, listen. Unlike unlike blue blue face. Um, I told you when the city girls came out that I appreciated how authentically Miami they were. And since I can't go to Miami, I might as well listen to the city girls. I'm, I'm here going to listen. My brother got a pool. I'm about to go down there. I mean, is that an invitation? Because if not, you're just being really selfish. Uh, maybe. You know, we'll see. We'll do a temperature check. It's fine. All right, you guys. Well, we uh, we will be back to do this again next week. She did do a brief convo with the beat. That's hilarious. The who with a brief convo with the beat. <laughs> uh, again, the Chopping Block podcast is the audio iteration of the credit checks on iStandardProducers.com, which is the most comprehensive list of album credits. And if you're listening to this show on Thursday when it drops, that means that in a few hours, we will have all the credits listed for all the albums that you care about that are dropping mm-hmm. tonight. Um, the other, uh, feature that we incorporate in what, in that we've stole a name from, even though it says made it up. So we didn't really sell anything is the chopping block, which is our track by track, uh, album reviews, which we are going to resume. We should soon. do a video one again. We did that, that, uh, yeah, we should do, um, we should do, uh, Tiana Taylor's album. Maybe that'd be dope. Maybe something oh, shorter. Uh, yeah. I was about to say. Maybe we could do it in fourths or something. Maybe we can just pick out 10 songs from the album that we'll talk about on video and we can put the rest on the website. All right. I mean... That sounds, that sounds, that sounds pretty good. So we... I'm, I'm excited because we're going to have some great news for everybody pretty soon. We're not going to tell you guys, but um, yeah. Moving on up like George and Weezy. Do I know this news? Of course you Oh, do. okay, cool. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure it wasn't nothing else. You going see on. Me stu- I was stunting on Twitter. I'm like, man, I hate reading these contracts. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. I knew that that was a stunt too. But yeah, you guys, we got some shit coming. It's pretty awesome. Um, and we couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, right on social media, you can find me at Saint Boogie. Wait, no, I'm supposed to tell you what he is. He is at Scissor Two One Five. And you can find me. And you can find me at Scissor Two One Five. And and the show know. is at the Chop Block Pod on I everything. Didn't, I didn't tell them where you were. You're oh, Saint Boogie. She's Saint Boogie on everything. And if you're watching us, then you can see it right here. But if you're not watching us, it's S A I N T. B, two O's, a G, and I, and an E. Now, if you put the that in the Facebook... out and the boogie is real. If you put that in the Facebook, you will not find her. But so. you know what I'm going to do, you guys? Because I have my little um, my news briefings, yesterday's news, Fan which page? I put on Instagram and YouTube, I'm actually going to take Mikey's advice and make a, uh, a, a Facebook page. Yeah. Um, who said that they were our stand? One person, uh, one person owned up to saying that they were actually the sand. Is he still in <laughs> the chat? Anyway, it's going to be for him. I'm joking. But yeah, if you go to YouTube and you search Ty St. Louis, you can find my YouTube page and you can find my news briefings and you can follow that as well. Um, shouts to Anatomy, our producer. Hey, Anatomy just dropped a kit. Okay, Anatomy put out a dope kit for all you producers out there. 
It's called Mambito's Percussion, and it's 81 loops and sounds, all authentic Latin percussion. Make sure you go to sounds.com, cop that. Shout out to Create Digital Music, my guy Pro, Native Instruments and Sounds. If I say WIPA, is that racist? No. WIPA. All right, you guys. Um, I said the show is at the Chop Block Pod on everything for except for Instagram, where it's simply at Chop Block Pod. And we will be back next Thursday. Please wash your hands and wear your masks if you have to go outside. And see stop you later, haters. We love y'all. Love and y'all. Then we're going. <laughs>